It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. You know, Rich, we keep talking about this, the most important story. I think that maybe the most important story, folks, is to live for Christ and live your life as he gave it to you and uh, find satisfaction in that. What would you add, sir? Well, that exactly. That's the most important issue of eternity. Well, so that's kind of the things we're going to talk about. We are also going to hear from Gail McWilliams, who passed away uh, some few years back, a blind lady, a totally blind lady. We're going to hear what she said to the questions I asked her. But let me just say this first of all, folks. Uh, we have a, uh, a a relative visiting us right now. Uh, I knew his mother when she was 10 years old, and she passed away some years ago. This is kind of what's fun in being an old codger. You know, you get perspective and everything. And then Doug Woolery, uh, her son, was maybe 14 the last time I saw him. And now he is in his 50s, so he's visiting us. And I was asking him questions about his life and what he's doing, and I got pretty excited. Uh, can I say what it is? Well, anyway, Doug, welcome. I want, this, is Thank our, you. this is our Bot Radio Network family. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. And you told me that you have a small farm um, south of Topeka, Kansas. That is the capital of the state of Kansas, and you have a small farm south of that that you just love, and also then you enjoy teaching kids at a school that we're going to be talking about in just a second. And I was reminded then that Paul Harvey, Paul Harvey said about a farmer, Paul Harvey said about a farmer, Paul Harvey said, you know, folks, a farmer, God gave us farmers. Um, From the earth comes our food. From the earth comes our ability to live. And when we get too far off track, when we get too involved in so many other things, we forget that the life of the farmer was the beginning of everything. Let's hear Paul Harvey and see what he said. And on the eighth day, God looked down on his planned paradise and said, I need a caretaker. So God made a farmer. God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. I need somebody with arms strong enough to wrestle a calf and yet gentle enough to deliver his own grandchild. Somebody to call hogs, tame cantankerous machinery, come home hungry, have to wait lunch until his wife's done feeding visiting ladies, then tell the ladies to be sure and come back real soon and mean it. So God made a farmer. God said I need somebody willing to sit up all night with a newborn colt and watch it die and dry his eyes and say maybe next year. I need somebody who can shape an axe handle from a persimmon sprout, shoe a horse with a hunk of car tire, who can make harness out of hay wire feed sacks and shoe scraps, who planting time and harvest season will finish his 40-hour week by Tuesday noon and then paint in from tractor back, put in another 72 hours. So God made a farmer. God had to have somebody willing to ride the ruts at double speed to get the hay in ahead of the rain clouds and yet stop in midfield and race to help when he sees the first smoke from a neighbor's place. So God made a farmer. 
God said, I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs and tend the pink-combed pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadowlark. It had to be somebody who'd plow deep and straight and not cut corners, somebody to seed, weed, feed, breed, and rake, and disc, and plow, and plant, and tie the fleece, and strain the milk, and replenish the self-feeder, and finish a hard week's work with a five-mile drive to church. Somebody who'd bail a family together with the soft, strong bonds of sharing, who would laugh and then sigh and then reply with smiling eyes when his son says that he wants to spend his life doing what Dad does. So God made a farmer. Uh, Doug, does that speak to you? It does speak to me. I think I heard that when I was a kid, but uh, that was long before I ever lived on a farm. You know, uh, Margaret Thatcher said one time, of course, it's the same old story. Truth always is. Yes. <laughs> I never forgot that because that was so right. Yeah. And Paul Harvey had, had the ability to kind of touch on those basic things in life. Now, tell me this. Uh, how did you feel about that, Rich? I would say that farming is essential, and uh, that is for sure. But God bless the farmers. And, you know, we have coverage over a lot of farm country, and yeah. we have a lot of farmers that we, we hear from them on our listener comment line, which is 1-800-345-2621. Yeah. And we'd love to hear from the farmers, and maybe we'll hear from some this week. Yeah. Uh, but, but God bless no. our farmers. Well, you, yeah, I'm going to tell you something, Rich. We cover a lot of cities, too, and the city people ought to pay attention to the farmers. <laughs> the city people, with all of their mixture of everything under the sun, ought to pay attention to how it was in the beginning and still is. Now, here's Carol Robertson to tell us if I could live my life all over again. Uh, I want you to hear this. If I could live my life over, oh, what a change there would be. I'd ask Jesus to take me and make me one of his own. And there'd be no more darkness, no more sin in my life. For he'd be there with me, always shining so bright. If I could only live my life over again I'd live it for Jesus and let him be my friend I'd be ready to meet him when I come to the end so when he knocks let Jesus come in As you go through this old world, please take Jesus with you. And when you face all your troubles, he will see you through. And when you are tempted to stray into sin, if you'll knock, then Jesus will welcome you in Oh, if I could only live my life over again I'd live it 
for Jesus and let him be my friend. I'd be ready to meet him when I come to the end. So when he knocks, please welcome him in. So when he knocks, let Jesus come in. I'm having so much fun. I'm having so much fun today on this chapter of the complete story. Doesn't that speak to you, Rich? It does. I love that song, uh, When He Knocks, Let Jesus Come In. It reminds yeah. me of that painting with Jesus standing outside the door and knocking. And if you look, there's no doorknob on the outside. You must let him in. Yes. Um, you know, um, don't, isn't that what we call the rebirth, the, the, the new beginning? That is the the door when a person finally figures it out That's who salvation. their creator was. I was talking to Monty Sheridan. Now our Kansas City listeners will probably recognize that name because her husband was the founder of Sheridan Frozen Custard. Monty was telling me, um, matter of fact, her husband just passed away a while back. So Monty knows what sorrow is. Monty knows what grief is. But Monty was telling me that it's pretty basic if God said it, I believe it, what else needs to be talked about? If God said it in his word, I believe it, what else needs to be talked about? Now, Rich, do you remember Gail McWilliams? Yes, of course. I think many of our radio listeners will also, because when she was alive, Gail McWilliams was totally blind. B L I. And blind, she couldn't see. And yet, what a testimony. How much she reached people with her vigor and her joy and her service to the Lord. She wrote books. She gave public speaking all over the place. Matter of fact, Gail went to Prestonwood Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas. That's where Jack Grimm is the pastor. And we interviewed her several times, didn't we? Remember, uh, Zig Ziglar went to Sunday school, uh, taught a Sunday school there, and, and she got to teach that Sunday school a couple of times with Zig Ziglar. Wait a minute, and blind? Yes. All right. This is what, and I love to interview Gail McWilliams, uh, and this is what she told me about real life. Here it is, folks. True life, abundant life, is giving your life totally to Jesus Christ. And I think that many times people are... Um, trying to get through battles on their own, in their own strength. And I know that day when the doctor came in and told me I had to choose that day between my baby or my eyes, and he was talking about the baby I was carrying. It was our second child. I didn't have enough strength or enough wisdom in and of myself to know what to do. But I remembered something I'd memorized as a young girl, and it is all about choice, because the choices in front of me were life and death, blessing and cursing that me, that we and our descendants might live. And that became my anchor in the middle of that storm. And so I said, I choose my baby. The doctor stood up, slammed shut my folder and said, what a foolish decision. And he left the room. And Dick, I have to tell you, it was a lonely moment. Uh, I could have been very unsure about the future because I didn't even know what had just happened. I didn't know what would, you know, the consequences. I had no idea. 
But I knew this, that life was the better choice. And the only reason I knew that is because I had read the designer's manual, and it's called the Word of God. And so I would like to encourage everyone that people who have been playing with the idea of giving your life to Christ or thinking, you know, it's going to be too confining. Are you kidding? It's the beginning of living life in, in a way that's beyond anything we can see. And that's why I always say, when you choose to look past the horizon, hey, the sky's the limit. Mm. That's what real life's about. Yeah. And so if we know real life, then we begin to know how to live. And for me personally, it's really when I faced that dark area in my life, when I faced death itself, that's when I knew how to live. And I can just tell you it's only gotten better. That doesn't mean every day is without struggle. No, there's struggle, there's heartache, there's tears. I'd give anything to not only see the faces of my children and my, my husband. I'd give the face to, I would give anything to see your face, Dick. And yet I've yeah. got to tell you, I'm your best friend. You're looking younger every day, and you look awesome. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. Isn't that great, Dad? Uh, now, you see, folks, the doctor was telling her, Dale, or Gail, uh, you have to have an abortion because you have a certain sickness. You have a certain sickness for some reason when you get pregnant while your body is reacting negatively, and, uh, and you're going to go blind. If you don't take care of yourself, well, you're going to go blind. Now, let me tell you, folks, uh, it's not up to me. It's not up to anybody else to say what somebody else should do except Gail McWilliams said what she said, believed what she believed, and and this is what she said as to as to how her choice worked out, um, and and I want you to hear it. So many times when I'm asked, you know, why would you have children if you knew that there was a possibility that something might happen to your eyes? And I always am trying to figure out what's at the root of that question. And really, what they're asking is, why would you choose between inconvenience and legacy? Why would you choose children? Well, hands down, it's a legacy. I have been inconvenienced, yes, but I'm the wealthiest woman you will ever interview mm. because I've touched into legacy, generations yet to come, which I still can't see, but I know that they're going to be good. And that's what I want to encourage people about today. Every choice, every decision you make today will impact tomorrow, and it will impact generations yet to come. Yeah. All right, now, now Doug, I want to ask you this. Uh, when you are doing your farm work and how happy it makes you, and then when school starts for the past many years, uh, working with young people, um, what ages? Uh, they're middle school, 7th right, and 8th. They're middle school, 7th and 8th graders when they are so impressionable. They are so right there trying to figure out who they are, what the future is going to hold. You told me it gives you great joy to be able to influence. Listen, folks, this is a kind of a school uh, in Topeka. We're going to tell you a little bit about it, that everybody ought to have their youngster in such a school. It's a private, Christian, classical. How would you describe it? Yeah, it's a classical Christian school. It's pre-K through 12 yeah. and, and really dedicated to, to helping educate students to become lifelong learners. Lifelong learners and character developers, character builders and all of that. That's absolutely and the subject a big matter, part academics and everything else is very important. And it is. All right. It gives. So you have found purpose. God planted it in your heart. What makes you happy? 
And this is what Gail McWilliams said about purpose. I know one whose name Jehovah Shalom. He will give peace beyond all understanding. No matter what storm it is that you're facing today, maybe you've been driven by fear, and fear is paralyzing. But the opposite of fear is to have faith. Faith in a God who has called you on purpose. Faith in a God who's uh, caused you to have a life of great value, to be an asset. And this is one thing I know, Dick, we've been strategically positioned for this hour. Yeah. Everyone we're talking to, anybody could have your position, but they don't. It's you. And so if it's you, what if today be the turnaround to say, Lord, I give my life to you. And Lord Jesus, be the director of my life. Be the wisdom for my life. Yeah. And then live in expectant hope. Hope always sees, Dick. Yeah. Uh, you know, Rich, I'm thinking today, as we're recording this broadcast, this complete story broadcast for our Bot Radio Network family, there's a lot of turmoil. There's a lot of uncertainty. What does tomorrow hold? What about the crazy election that's coming on us? I'll tell you what. Oh, there's so much at stake. About the crazy election, people will have a clear choice between life and the opposite. I'm telling you, uh, I don't want to get into that, but I'm going to be getting into that because um, there are choices, and adult people need to make wise choices uh, based on what is right versus what is wrong, and for heaven's sake, if life over death isn't an easy choice to make, well, then um, mm. anyway, we'll be talking about the election yeah. later on. on. On the one hand, you have the most pro-life ticket on the one hand, and on the other, the most pro-abortion ticket ever, and you have to choose. Well, of course, we could go on and on and on, because then you get Betsy DeVos, who wants every child, every child, to get a great education. I don't care their color. I don't care their circumstance. Every child deserves that. And so that's Betsy DeVos. She's a current secretary of education. But they hate her. I hate her because the power brokers. Well, anyway, I don't want to get into all that stuff. But here is Gail McWilliams again about nothing. Nothing can take your hope, folks. So remember that. Well, one particular day when uh, after I had had all five children, the doctors had really put some pressure on me to have some eye surgery that I I wasn't sure was going to work, and they definitely didn't know if it would. It was an experiment. But they felt like it was desperate measures. And so I finally consented to let them do what they had convinced me to do, have the surgery. And after the surgery, one surgery led to two others and actually catapulted me into more blindness. And I could be a woman that's extremely bitter and sad. But I remember sitting in the surgeon's office after a full year, and he gave the final diagnosis. And he said to me, Gail, I'm sorry, there's no hope. And I just, tears were just gushing out of my eyes. And I turned towards him and I said, I leave this office in hope. No man can ever take your hope. Mm. No one, no situation can ever take your hope. See, hope dances with you. Hope sings over you. Hope walks with you. Hope, when you've got your your head in the dirt, hope whispers, come on, get back up. You can do this. Mm-hmm. And hope by itself, as I said again, it's not a mere wishful thought. It's a person. And that's what I embrace, that even in the middle of what I can't see, 
there is one who walks with me who sees a bigger picture. Yeah. Even in the middle when I've cried what I thought was my last tear, he gives me hope to smile and to laugh again and to trust. Oh, oh God bless God bless the memory of Gail McWilliams. And her no. legacy. Oh, and her legacy, absolutely. And the children that she left behind and the grandchildren that she left behind. You see now, I want to say again to our audience, uh, Gail McWilliams uh, had eyesight, so on and so forth, but then she was dropped into a blind world where she could not see, and this is what she had to say. Any situation that you're in, if you would begin to see the bigger picture and to know that today is preparing you for tomorrow, see, you can embrace everything. And then when I realized, as a woman who can't see, that I've been dropped into a blind world who's lost sight of truth, who is all blurred because of all these philosophies that are flowing around. And, and um, for people who have lost sight of the very potential that they have in their own life, I say it's time to begin to live with vision. It's time to get off the 50-yard and let's run towards the goal that God, the designer of your life, has provided for you. Hmm. Now, you may not be concerned about eyesight, but what are you concerned about? What heavy burden are you carrying? How is your life, you know, a real uh, bad situation right now in the natural? And so Gail McWilliams is talking to us because this is what she left with us to remind us, don't get discouraged, um, don't get downtrodden, for goodness sake, uh, pick your trust. Now, I don't know who's in the audience. I don't know what uh, what the next month is September, about kids going back to school or not going back to school, or whether a person's going to have a paycheck or have a job. I mean, things are in a mess. Things are in a mess. But listen to what Gail McWilliams said to me when she was alive about joy. Here it is. One of the keys that keeps my joy alive is the moments when I feel like I can't go forward, the days when I feel really sad that I can't see the faces of my grandchildren mm. or even my husband. Mm. In those moments, I sit there and think, okay, well, I could cry and I could say this is unfair, which it is. Or this is what I've learned to do. Those are trigger points for me now to either pick up the phone to call somebody else, shoot an email to them to encourage them, or go do some kind of surprise gift to someone. And now it's become a lifestyle for me. And even in the middle of the tears, gentlemen, I've learned one thing that's so profound. It doesn't negate faith or hope. My tears might be there, but my spirit is stronger than all of the loss and all the sadness. Yeah. I practice seeing. What do you think about that, Rich? Well, I love that. I love that. Uh, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Yeah. And another song comes to my mind, uh, My Hope is on the Solid Rock. And I want our listening audience right now to understand that. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to go back to what Monty Sheridan said. If God said it in the Bible, I believe it and I claim it. Mm -hmm. and, and nothing then will harm us. I want to share one other thing that Gail McWilliams said is kind of a parting kind of a parting statement on that interview. I don't know how many years ago would that have been. Not maybe 10 years ago, something like that. 
But this is what she said, and I want every listener to remind myself included, this is what it's all about. Here it is. I know obstacles well. I know what it is to live a life that wasn't necessarily my plan or agenda. It definitely has come with some sorrow and heartache. But in the middle of all that, he, the great Redeemer, has turned that around. And as I've said many times, people ask me, Gail, how can you have so much joy and you can't see? And I said, how can you see and have no joy? Yeah. Mm. It's about a, it's, it is about a choice of choosing life every day and living life to the fullest. You know, we only get one. <laughs> That's right. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Uh, Doug Rollery, do you feel when you're talking to those youngsters in the seventh and eighth grade, this is what you want them to know, to be able to realize they're right at the starting point, to right at the very beginning of dreaming and having, having, having thoughts about the future and, and what God has given them as a potential to use it and grow with it. Well, I don't know if Gail was a teacher or not, but boy, she speaks she speaks truth and she she certainly would have been a fantastic teacher. Yeah. So much can be learned from that. But yeah, I mean, so much of that legacy that she talked about is is a big part of teaching and yeah. being able to uh, help impact tomorrow's future yeah. leaders and learners and uh, Rich, tell me now. We got some listener comments. We're going to have. To we don't have much this. time, but I want to hear from Pat from Nixon, Missouri. That's near Springfield, and our phone number is one eight hundred three four five two six two one. My name is Pat, and I live in Nixon, Missouri. I was a transplant from Northern Illinois almost thirty years ago, and I started listening to ninety point one a long, long time ago. It was before you'd even taken the station over, and I was disappointed at the time because the station was playing such wonderful gospel and Christian music. But boy, once I started listening to you and all of the wonderful programs that you put on, I realized how blessed we are in this area to have you. Just wanted to call and tell you how much I appreciate you. Hmm. Isn't that neat, Dad? That's well, the power know, of the, the Word of God that she hears. Right. Uh, she made me so happy. I have to hear another one. Uh, this lady thinks that Bot Radio Network is great for all ages. I just want to say thank you so much to Bot Radio. I actually listen to your radio program at home and also on the way home from work, quite a ways, about an hour drive from my job. I want to really say thank you. And it's not just geared for uh, elderly people, but it's geared for people you know in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. So it is truly a station for all ages. Thank you so much. Mm. Bye-bye. Right. Give us the phone number again, Rich. 1-800-345-2621. All right, folks, this is Dick Bott with my son, Rich, and we're glad to have our guest, Doug Woolery, sitting in the studio with us today um, with this chapter, The Complete Story, as a public service, and I'll see you later.